Welcome to Legislative Breakdown. It's a podcast for Boise State Public Radio. I'm Samantha Wright with Gary Moncrief, Boise State University's political science professor who spends all his spare time studying legislatures around the country, including Idaho's. And in this podcast, we break down the Idaho legislature. We look at what's happening. We drill down into the why and the how it affects you. And this week in the Idaho legislature, we heard this House Majority Leader Mike Moyle from Star presenting uh, Governor Butch Otter's tax bill to a House committee. Arguably, this bill is the biggest tax reduction bill that that we have seen here in the years that I've been in the legislature and maybe in Idaho history. And uh, this bill is important. We've talked about this before. We actually talked about this in our very first podcast with uh, former House Speaker Bruce Newcomb about uh, why it's important to you. And uh, here's Moyle again uh, reiterating why it's important. And the total impact to the state of Idaho is a positive $97.4 million. This bill then turns around and gives back $201 million for net effect on general funds of about $104.5 million. So we're talking about a lot of money here. And Gary, this is the tax conformity bill. So if I get this right, the federal government passed a tax bill and Idaho has to pass one to conform with what they did. Is that right? They've always tried to make the Idaho tax uh, system largely conform with with the federal tax system. And that's what they're doing here. And basically, this is House Bill 463 by the way, for people who want to follow along with it. And essentially, this is sort of the bill that last year got lost in the, at the very end of the session. It was a personal income tax bill and corporate income tax bill reduction. This year, what they're doing is, first of all, creating a bill that conforms the Idaho tax code with the federal tax code. That's going to actually wind up leading to a higher tax bite for Idaho taxpayers. And then they're turning around in the same bill and reducing the overall corporate and income tax rates down to, uh, I think it's almost half a percentage point reduction from what it is right now. And that will actually re- uh, reduce income quite a bit by close to $200 million, I think you said. And so if you add those two things together, what you have is an increase from the federal tax and then a big decrease from the state the net result is going to be something on the order of uh, 120 or $30 million, I think. And and there has been some pushback from Matt Erpelding, uh, the minority leader, in regard to that, uh, that it's, it's too big at this point, given that we have a lot of uncertainty about what's happening at the federal level. Too big of a tax cut. Too big of a tax cut, yeah. All right. We will be following this bill uh, throughout its life or death through the Idaho legislature as, uh, as we continue through this session. Sounds good. And a quick plug. Don't forget, next week we're hosting a live version of the podcast at Boise State Public Radio on February 8th. And you're invited. Come on down for the podcast and ask your legislative questions of Gary Moncrief and special guest Democratic Representative Alana Rubel. What do you want to know about your legislature? Find details at BoiseStatePublicRadio.org. Okay, Gary, so this week, if we were going to label these podcasts, and we don't title them, but if we were, I would call this one, The Idaho Legislature is Just Plain Weird. And uh, we're going to take a look at what makes the Idaho Legislature weird or unique or special or different. 
any of these. Um, we've got a whole list of things. Let's start off with uh, financial disclosure. Why is the Idaho legislature weird when it comes to financial disclosure? Weird is in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you say weird, I'll say unique, uh, and we'll let the listeners figure out what whether it's good or bad, because some of these, I think, are not particularly things that the the legislature ought to be proud of, and others are definitely things the legislature ought to be proud of. I think there's strengths in some cases, but here's a list of things. You mentioned uh, the financial disclosure. Idaho is now one of only two states without financial disclosure requirements for state officials, including state legislators. Interesting, interesting. And then unified government. Now, this is a term uh, I was not always familiar with. What is unified government, and why is Idaho weird or unique? in that respect. Unified government means that the governor's office and both chambers of the legislature are controlled by the same party. Some people call this trifecta government, that three three <laughs> components are controlled by the same party. And one of the things that is kind of weird is that while there's lots of states right now that have unified government, there are only four states that have had unified government from the same party for at least 24 straight years. And Idaho is one of those states. And obviously, it's the Republican Party that has won the trifecta for those 24 years. <laughs> and uh, we should also point out that that makes for a lopsided legislature, the GOP uh, majority. Idaho has 84% of the seats in the legislature are controlled by one party, by the Republican Party in, in Idaho. There are a couple of states that actually have a higher percentage, but only a few. Wyoming, uh, has a higher percentage. South Dakota has a higher percentage, both Republican. But surprisingly, maybe for some people, uh, the state that's the most lopsided is actually Hawaii. And it's lopsided on the Democratic side. It's over 90 percent of the state legislators in Hawaii are, are Democrat. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And I would think that all those uh, GOP uh, seats make for a lot of uncontested legislative races in Idaho. They do. Uh, Idaho has always has one of the highest uh, percentages of, first of all, of seats that are n- not contested at all. There's nobody running against the Republican usually in uh, the general election in Idaho. Usually between 40 and 50 percent of the general election state legislative races are uncontested. That's, a, that's extraordinary, 40 to 50 percent. And it also means that even if it is contested, a lot of those races are not very close. They're not really competitive. If we take competition to mean within 15 or 20 percentage points between the winner and the loser, usually we only have about 10 or 15 such races in Idaho out of 105 seats in the Idaho legislature. So it's not only not contested often, it's certainly not competitive This is great. Idaho is weird. And uh, we're talking about why Idaho's legislature is weird. So what about the Joint Budget Committee? We had Maxine Bell, who's uh, co-chair because there's uh, the House and the Senate got together and made a Joint Budget Committee so many years ago. And she's co-chair of the committee. We had her on the podcast. Why is that strange? I'm used to it. It's it's just the way Idaho is. It is the way Idaho is. I actually think this is one of the better things about the way the Idaho legislative process works. Most states do not have joint appropriations or joint budget committees like Idaho does. There are some others. It's about 15 states out of the 50 that have a joint committee, or at least they hold hearings jointly. In Idaho, of course, we're talking about the joint finance. That's the Senate aspect of it. And appropriations, that's the House side of it. So JFAC, 
The other thing that's interesting about Idaho is that we have an extraordinarily large number of budget bills. Many states just have one, an omnibus budget bill, or they will have five or six or seven big bills. And basically, altogether, those bills account for the entire state budget. Idaho does it differently. Idaho has almost 100 bills. And what this does, I think, is that, first of all, it, it makes it clear what's going on in the budget process in Idaho because we can watch JFAC and their hearings and their decision-making. And essentially, every office has its own budget. I think it makes it much uh, more open for the general public. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, I've got here on my list, uh, we've got two House members and one Senate member for each of the districts in Idaho. That's also weird. It's also weird. There are not very many places that do that. Um, In most places, House districts are much smaller than Senate districts. In Idaho, we basically have House members. You run in the same district as a senator. So what that means in Idaho is we're actually electing three people from exactly the same constituency. This is extraordinarily unusual. One could argue that if we split the Senate districts into smaller House districts, that it would be easier for people to run and to reach their constituents, especially since we're going to see districts after the next redistricting that are going to probably be around fifty to 51,000 people per district. So I think there's some logic to changing the nature of that. But right now and for many, many years, we've had this situation where we have a senator and two representatives all representing exactly the same district. And Idaho's legislature is also a little weird because it has what's known as Pi Day. And this is a day when the Idaho Coalition of Home Educators comes to the legislature and brings dozens and dozens of home-baked pies. And lawmakers come out and get to eat the pies and talk to the homeschoolers. The legislature actually has uh, every day of the session, pretty much, where different groups are in the state house. And they talk to lawmakers and put up displays. And this is the one that gets a lot of attention because of the pie. And is this weird? I mean, do other places do pie day? So I wouldn't say this is weird at all. I would say this is, <laughs> this is actually a very good idea. For, you know, let's, let's all, I think we should all have uh, a, a day where we can just eat pie. You know? so, but it is interesting. You're right. Idaho has this history of, uh, of pie day. It's not actually that unusual. There are other states that have something similar to this. Oregon has actually two pie days. Missouri has a cookie day, which is sponsored by the Missouri Midwives Association. Uh, Massachusetts has a cookie day, which is basically sponsored by an organization that is trying to provide housing vouchers for the homeless. And Delaware has something called a smart cookie day. So there are other states that are uh, that are trying to uh, lobby with uh, with calories. <laughs> I like that lobby with calories. That's great, uh, Gary. Uh, this is great. Thanks for telling us why the Idaho legislature is weird. Okay. So in talking about Pi Day, Barry Peters and his wife homeschooled their daughters through high school, and then they helped found the Idaho Coalition of Home Educators back in 1992, and he became its president. Now he's a board member. He's got the lowdown on the history of Pi Day in the Idaho legislature, and I chatted with him this week. Tell me about Pi Day. How did all this get started? 
So the easiest way to think of it is Pi Day is show and tell for the homeschoolers. So it's an opportunity for us as a, as a community to go to the legislature, have exposure to our legislators and they to us. It's just kind of an opportunity to, to put a face to a, a movement. Legislators love it because it's a chance to talk to homeschooling families, parents, kids, see the work that the kids are actually doing or have done. It's also an opportunity for us as homeschoolers to let the legislators know how much we appreciate what they have done with Idaho's law that gives us tremendous freedom to decide how that education should take place within boundaries that are appropriate in terms of making sure that the job is actually getting done. And it's show and tell with pie. Yeah. So 25 years ago when this started, the event was put on on George Washington's birthday. And so initially, well, you know, George Washington cut down a cherry tree. And so we brought in cherry pies and it was tied all together, you know, with that theme. And then later on, we got off of uh, George Washington's birthday and it just became legislative pie day. We varied the menu. Basically, these are all homemade pies that homeschooling families make and bring in. We serve somewhere between, I think, 150 and 200 homemade pies Many of them cut up and serve to legislators, to folks such as yourself. The other ones, we send out pies to committee chairmen, to legislative leadership, and basically just, again, a way to say thank you for you know, blessing us with tremendous freedoms in this state. And uh, you've got all kinds of pie. Uh, you You have to tell me what kind of pie you have. <laughs> uh, if you can think of it, we probably have it. You know, there's fruit pies, there's pumpkin pies, there's just about any kind of pie you could think of. When is Pie Day this year? I think it's actually on Valentine's Day this year. Well, that'll uh, spread some love around. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I believe it's I believe it's on the 14th and starts typically at about 10 in the morning and goes until about 1.30 or 2 in the afternoon. And anyone's invited. Anyone's invited. Very good. Well, this has been awesome. I want to thank you so much for giving me the history behind Pi Day. I've enjoyed Pi Day for years, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm so glad to, to now know the history. Well, there you have it. It's always fun to tell the story. Legislative Breakdown is a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I'm Samantha Wright with Boise State Political Science Professor Gary Moncrief. Our original music comes from local artist and composer Will Hall of the bands Nude Dude and Like of the Dog. And if you like this podcast, shout it out on Twitter or on Facebook. And next week, don't forget, on February 8th, we'll be hosting a live version of the podcast here at Boise State Public Radio, starting at around 5.30. And you're invited. Come on down and bring your legislative questions for Gary and for special guest, Democratic Representative Alana Rubel. Find details at BoiseStatePublicRadio.org. Don't forget, it's your legislature. Thanks for listening.